Hello, and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by Father Bouquet, our president. Hello, Hello. Father. Well, Colleen, as always, great to be with you once again, discussing things affecting life and family. It's good to be with you also, Father. And today we're going to be discussing the upcoming Respect Marriage Act, which doesn't have anything to do with real marriage. And so let's just jump right into that, Father. What is this Respect Marriage Act. Well, I put a couple of papers in front of me, so just to, so to kind of keep the the timeline, you know, uh, in mind. So what I want to do is the purpose of the article, Colleen, really was to make people aware of what's going on right now in the U.S. Congress. And so when we talk about you know the Respect for Marriage Act, we really have to kind of pull back time and go back to 1996 and understand the Defense of Marriage Act, which was signed into law by then President Bill Clinton, which, you know, defined that the federal government, and I'm going to read it, so it defines marriage for federal purposes as a union between one man and one woman. So this is signed under a Democrat president, you know, uh, in 1996, which again outlines how the federal government approaches the uh, approaches marriage and what is marriage defines marriage and then of course in 2015 we have now to go to uh, Oberville versus Hodges and here we have a unilateral decision uh, not by a unanimous court but the Supreme Court imposed uh, you know the issue of same-sex union as being that of the law that of the, of the land the very same reality we saw with Roe v Wade and so, and as a result, now, since the overturning of Roe v. Wade on June 24th of this year, uh, and then a statement made by Justice Clarence Thomas, which really no one should have been surprised by, because if, as the uh, justices said in the overturning of Roe and overturning uh, of Casey, that these uh, so-called rights were invented. They're not in the Constitution. So now that means it opens up the conversation to other issues that revolve around so-called privacy rights. This is one of them. And so this sparked, obviously, the whole LBGT community, Colleen. It sparked, obviously, the Democrat Party, which is really, you know, this, who's driving this train. And and so now they want to call it uh, to look at DOMA, overturn DOMA, and then enshrine into federal law that uh, what they call now the respect for marriage, which means it identifies that here, and I'm going to read uh, for it, is that uh, if passed, it would officially repeal DOMA and would say that it would require the federal government to recognize same-sex and interracial marriages. So this is what it would do. And so as a result, and it's using the language, you know, taken from uh, from uh, the, the definition of the bill. And so this is where it is. So now it has a title, Respect for Marriage. So most of our, our, our listenership and most of our readership, and I would say a good majority of good, um, you know, faithful Christians who recognize marriage as between one man and one woman open to the gift of human life, um, we look at the title and say, oh, good, the government's finally recognizing, you know, that marriage. No, this is a problem. And so that's why I wanted to make sure we knew the history to understand what currently is the law uh, that or was until the Supreme Court in 2015 uh, imposed uh, same-sex uh, marriage uh, union uh, upon this nation, which then made that basically any state could do nothing to, to advance its own interest and common good. Um, now, what we see here is the Congress, particularly run by, uh, definitely uh, being uh, managed, overseen by the Democrat Party here. Uh, now it's in the Senate. It's already passed the House in, in July of this past year, uh, this year, excuse me. Uh, and now it's in the Senate. 
And so this is why we want people to be aware. We need to call our senators and say no to this. And when you say DOMA, you're talking about the Defense of Marriage Act, right? Correct. The so one DOMA, from... D-O-M-A. Yeah, yes. 1996. Okay. And then you said that it's in the Senate right now. Do you know when they're thinking of voting on it? Do we know that yet? Well, there's already been a few, and I say in a sense, attempts. So uh, obviously those who are uh, pushing this forward are testing the waters with various senators. And as we saw in the House, uh, very sadly and uh, tragically, uh, I think it was 47, it's under 50, uh, Republican uh, uh, congressmen, went with the agenda. And now what we're seeing in the Senate is obviously the attempt to find those who are midline, uh, who might be more open to this. And obviously the whole midterm elections is, it drives this as well. Uh, so right now, from what I've read, uh, even this morning, uh, and uh, before, uh, you know, beginning our podcast, knowing this afternoon, we would be doing this, uh, uh, our, our podcast today, I want to see what the latest thing was. And from what I'm seeing, that it's going to be after the uh, upcoming uh, midterms. But I don't put anything past uh, those with this agenda and ideology. So we need to really be on, on be vigilant. We need to be uh, more aggressive in a sense of getting involved, educate ourselves on what actually is this HR bill, this House bill that's now before the Senate, and, uh, and to really get in touch with our own senators and voice our discontent and our rejection of this move. And so I, I think that's why, you know, it really caught my attention. And I've talked about it before in other articles, but uh, I wanted to really bring our audience back to the conversation again, especially now that it's it's moved through the House. And we already know that if it passes the Senate, it'll be signed by this impending, uh, by this president. Yes. Um, and then practically, well, you're saying that the Supreme Court made the decision in 2015. So practically, will this change anything immediately in our country? Or is this more for a long-term protect, protection, many quotes around that, right? just in case the... Um, Court cases repealed. So if, if this bill were to be then passed by, the, you know, obviously to pass the Senate and then be signed into law by the president of the United States, it becomes the law of the land. And so what this now does is it uh, takes it. So in a, in a sense, though, the Supreme Court in Oberville, you know, made its, its statement and made it the law of the land. Uh, but what this would do now is it would enshrine it on a federal level, federal government level, on every of the states. So it make it very difficult for any of the states uh, to challenge. You know, right now you can challenge the, uh, as we already have seen cases, come before the Supreme Court, you know, you know, kind of trying to whittle away, you know, at the restrictions of, of, of Oberville versus Hodges. So right now what this would do is it would become the new law of the land. So it would, in a sense, negate you know, the Oberville, because it's no longer, uh, you have a new law, mm-hmm. very much like we're seeing with Roe. As, as I think it's good for people to see the connection. So as you're seeing right now, within the pro-abortion industry is wanting to bring new federal law to bear. So they're, they're trying to get, get some new, a new bill to become law that would now enshrine abortion, the so-called right to abortion, on a federal level. And so that, again, would prevent the states from, you know, from advancing its own uh, uh, common good, its own law for its own people. And you can imagine how this would affect, and I think that's what, Colleen, this will do. It's going to make it very difficult for states that actually have laws, you know, that are wanting to advance uh, our understanding of marriage between one man and one woman. It would make people like you and myself, who are having this podcast labeled as discriminating against those who want to be in a same-sex relationship and so-called marriage. 
And so it make it very difficult. And that's what I, we have to be aware of here. And that's why we don't want to see this advance any further. And um, what we want to see is the understanding that for the common good, and, and this is what uh, we uh, quoted some of the, um, the Catholic bishops and their statements, and particularly Archbishop Cardinal Leon, uh, which we'll talk about shortly, but it's the idea that you know there, there is a good for society in marriage between one man and one woman open to the gift of human life. And, and we know that this is a complementary relationship of, of man and woman, and only in that you know, uh, act of, of conjugal love between a man and a woman is life able to come forth into this world in the natural manner. So, so we know that this is something that we 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 got to keep bringing before people, and unfortunately, people's sensitivities, you know, to this issue uh, has been compromised. Uh, people are more sadly uh, prone to just accept this as a reality. Um, and what we've seen is that uh, if this were to to move forward, uh, it's not a, a let uh, live. A, a let live. We, we, we're seeing what happens. I mean, we see how businesses, you know, that uh, do not want to support uh, the uh, same-sex uh, uh, understanding of, of, of union and how that's been brought before the Supreme Court many times, you know, mm-hmm. there's case after case of this. So it's very important to see how this will impact everybody if this were to become the law of the land. And then I think we kind of covered it a little bit, but the motivation for passing the bill was because of Dobbs. That was kind of what sparked this. Yeah. So okay. again, just kind of go back to, if, if people can go back and read the the comment. Actually, I would, since you brought it up, Colleen, I would encourage our listeners, you know, to, to if you have not read the decision uh, of, of the overturning of Roe, you know, where uh, it would be very important to do so. Alito, who is the, uh, who writes the, the majority opinion, uh, it's, a, it's a little over 200 pages. And it, it will take a little time to navigate through, but it's, it's, it's beautifully written. It gives a clear understanding of the Constitution and what the Constitution actually says. Uh, and, it's, and so because of that statement and because of the concurrent statement of Justice uh, uh, Clarence Thomas and, uh, and then some post uh, you know, interviews and comments, he makes note that obviously the issue of Oberville is, is an example here. So, so those who are trying to push this realize that Oberville is next on the block and, and others like that uh, law that have been pushed upon us uh, as a nation because of the uh, kind of the activism of the court. And so that is incited the, the whole community of the LBGT community and those advancing same-sex unions and other agendas to see that they have to do a new law. We have to do this. This is what's driving the Respect for Marriage Act. This is what's driving it. So that's why it would radically change, you know, because it would no longer be uh, uh, the court in Oberville that is governing the law. It now becomes a, a new law. Well, it's interesting, too, because that almost seems like they're admitting that Oberville was a not legitimate constitutional right. That, like, if they're afraid that it's going to get overturned based on this. Right. I guess it depends on how the mindset that you're approaching the constitutional rights from. But it's interesting that they see that it's right. very, like, not very likely to fall, but that it's a clear one that could be attacked. But and even a new law can be challenged in the court. Yeah, and it will. That's true. There's no doubt it will. But this would give them extra leverage for a long period of time. And it's very, as we know, mm-hmm. it takes a tremendous amount of effort, you know, to challenge a law that's going to have to make its way all the way through the court. So mm-hmm. right now they, they have in Oberville what is needed in their, in their mindset, mm-hmm. but they know that because of the overturning of Roe, that now the possibility in the current court that 
this can also be overturned and return back to the states. So this is where Roe has now returned. Well, the issue of abortion has returned to the states. Um, and that's what's going on right now in upcoming elections and midterms and so forth. Uh, and so this would be another example that uh, that if, if the uh, and again, I think for our listeners, it's not like the court today can just, you know, pick up a case, the Supreme Court we're talking about here, mm-hmm. and just say, okay, let's look at this one today. No, it has to be challenged through the system mm-hmm. and it basically be received by uh, a case brought to the court for the court to consider. And in this case, as we saw uh, with uh, the Dobbs case out of Mississippi, that the court received it and then received challenges and so forth. And that's where how we got to June 24th. Uh, and so now with Overville, another case can come forward challenging. There are cases already there. So this is what, again, those who are advocating for the federal government to enshrine, you know, uh, same-sex union, uh, so quote marriage, uh, in, into force every state. Uh, they know what's at stake, and so uh, so this is what's motivating. This is what's what's driving. So for all of us, it is something we need to take seriously uh, because this is going to affect every one of us. It already affects us. All right, but right now through the legal system. You know, we can defend our rights, you know, from our religious understanding, uh, from our understanding of marriage. We can, like the cases about the baker, you know, who wanted to make a wedding cake. You know, this court, this case has been come before the court a couple of times. There are other cases just like it. And so we have the mechanism to challenge the current standing. So, um, but now if we, we'd, if this were to happen, we'd have to pull back and start all over again because we have a new law. We have to, now it's got to be challenged. You know, so I think that's that's and they know that. And I think that's what's important. And we don't want and, and sadly, with with respect to so many of our people in, the, in our country, that framework, that understanding of marriage has been so compromised, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. that we have a challenge here to, to move something forward yeah. because people have almost just come to accept it. And, and see it as nor- almost normalized. Uh, and that's- When media pushes to make it correct. look normal and all of that Exactly, as well. exactly, Colleen. So I, I think this, like anything else, will, will present a larger challenge to us uh, to address the issues so if this we were to happen. Stop it right now, then we don't need to worry about exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. And we know I mean, that we they're going to try it again. We know that, they've, that this is not the first time they've tried to do this. So, but it's it's important to uh, to for people to to learn to understand what is happening, uh, not to turn a blind eye to what is happening on the federal level, and uh, to really recognize that uh, though we're hearing that this has now been shifted to after the midterm election. Again, I don't trust that. Uh, and so it means I would, I would call upon all of our listeners, you know, to to call out, reach out to their senators and say no to this, that we, we vote against this. We do not want to see this advanced. And I would say that we need to take it to the poll as well in our voting. So in our midterm election, we need to put people in position that, you know, share our understanding and value of marriage between one man and one woman uh, and, to, and to advance this. And of course, as Archbishop Cardinal Leon said, let's make it very clear, the, the Catholic Church and or we right here are not advancing any act of discrimination or advancing any person who is uh, uh, in a sense of a same-sex relationship. You know, we're not advocating for them to be uh, mistreated or uh, in, in that nature at all. So if they read the column, read, I think, what Archbishop Cardinal Leon, I think, what, read what Archbishop Cardinal Leon has said 
and, and, and the statement of the bishops makes it very clear what is the position of the Catholic Church in this regard. And I, and I say that because I think it needs to be read in its entirety to make sure that one understands what is the Catholic position on this issue and, and make sure that we can articulate that because oftentimes they want to pigeonhole and say the church is against, you know, and, 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 so, and treat us as if we're discriminating against a certain segment of the population, and we're not. And so I think it's important to, to, to understand what the church teaches here. Yeah, I agree. And then what can our listeners do about this bill? I think you mentioned, I guess, calling your senator. Is that the big, the big right. thing that we can do? I think a number of things, Colleen. One, call the senator. Uh, definitely call the senator's office, voice your concern. Number two, bring our skills to bear. I bet many people in our community, in our in our districts, you know, don't know, don't know what's happening. They're unaware. Talk to our family members. You know, this is also a moment to educate people on what are our Judeo-Christian principles, what are our values, and even though there may be some, sadly, within the Christian fold that have given way to this this ideology, it is not. Uh, is God's divine plan, and we need to be honest about this, and we need to educate people about it, which means talk to our family members and and not be afraid of, of being pushed back. And but we need to educate. Number, I would say another example would be like yourself, Colleen, and myself, who like to write and and talk about these issues. There are many people with great talent. Write the local paper, whether it gets published or not. Try it. You know, get out there. You know, we need to bring to the public forum. You know, what the other side does is tries to silence our voices. We know that we're up against the media because the media is not going to side on our, with us, not even give us an opportunity. And if we were to uh, try to publicize this in some of the pla- uh, social platforms, we would not fit their definition of, 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 of so-called uh, how we approach a subject. We would be removed. We would be silenced. So we have to be creative, Colleen, in, in how we bring this. And I really think it's more person to person. And so that when people, if, 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 the, if they call their senator's office and they receive enough pushback from their constituents, you know, it, it, it does move, move a pendulum. And I think with the midterm elections, Hey, if we got someone that's not advocating for what we uh, believe and hold, that's where you voice your, your next uh, ability and say, no, I, I, I'm voting against you. I, I do not want to see this advanced and you're not advancing what I believe to be good. And so we need to do that. Yeah. And then um, what are some of the problems with recognizing these unions, I guess, as legal, quote, marriages? Now, Why, like from a legal perspective? I guess a lot of people do what you were saying, the live and let live. It's just a legal thing. So what is the actual issues with doing that? Well, let's return back to Cardinal Leon, or especially Cardinal Leon, and I I purposely brought it with me because I I think it's important. And and I would once again say to our listeners, read the whole statement. You can come to my column. There's a link. It'll bring you immediately to to the bishop's statement that Archbishop Cardinal Leona San Francisco on behalf of the U.S. bishops. All right. So in this case, he's the chairman on laity, marriage and family and youth. So this is why he is one who is penned on behalf of the bishops, the letter. But I want to quote from it. He says, you know, talking about discrimination here. He, uh, he says that uh, it is not discrimination to hold fast to the principle that an inherent aspect of the definition of marriage itself is the complementarity between the two sexes. So this is why we go back to, this is not, um, um, by me saying no to this, it's not an act of discrimination. That's clear. He also says, marriage is a lifelong exclusive union 
of one man and one woman open to new life is not just a religious ideal. It is on the whole what is best for society in a concrete sense, especially for children. So again, these are just little excerpts, but they're important to speak to the argument why we uphold the traditional understanding of marriage between a man and a woman. I would say the natural institution, all right? That predates the state. We've talked about this, Colleen. So this is why the state is imposing something upon marriage that it doesn't have the right to do. Marriage is a natural institution that predates government, predates the state. And so it doesn't have a right, you know, to to do what it's attempting to do. The Archbishop then goes on to say, now I uh, add a few things of my own here, but, you know, the Archbishop Cardinal Leon, you know, takes aim at at the talking points that you hear in the social media, especially those advocating and also, you know, protecting this, this move uh, that we see, and he says, um, is simply a matter of choosing to live and let live, right? In reality, it notes, the Archbishop notes, the legalization of same-sex marriage has always been closely followed by attacks on the rights of those who oppose the redefinition of marriage. So it's not live and let live, all right? It's really, it's, it's really pushing an ideology, enshrining that ideology, and then forcing everyone to live that ideology, and so to reject our, our core principles, to reject what we understand about the natural institution of marriage, to reject what is common sense about the fact that only one man and one woman in an act of conjugal love can be open to the gift of human life. It's the only way that that life is possible to be conceived. Uh, and, and, and so this is so we're being told to reject that because we have modern technologies today that can, you know, and that's a whole nother subject. And we talked about the commodification of, of human life before. So I think it's important, you know, to see what, uh, how the church is approaching the subject, how we can respond as Catholics to this issue, how as Christians we should be responding to this issue. So unfortunately, there's division there. But as a Catholic church, we have a very clear understanding of, of the principle of, 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 that we uphold, and we want to advance those principles. So uh, I would, again, ask our, our listenership to come to the, to, the, to the link, click on that link, read the entire statement, and, and bring it with you, you know, to, the, to your coffee table, if you will, and, and let it be that which helps you articulate you know, what the church is, is speaking about here. And obviously, it's not going to be all contained in one place. The Catechism of the Catholic Church would be great for our, our listeners to, to, to reacquaint themselves with. What does the church teach about marriage? And what has the church received? Because remember, marriage is a natural institution created by God. And so what is the church responsible for upholding? Okay, the church itself can't create a teaching either here. It can't change that which is... Uh, unchangeable. And so uh, this is, again, what the archbishop is raising and what the bishops are raising and what we should be raising. Uh, and and we know from study after study, which again are the left and those who are promoting this ideology refuse to accept, study after study has shown that children are healthier being raised by their biological mother and biological father. And so we, we see this, but again, that's not going to get published. You're not going to see that in the headlines on the local news. But these are the studies that are out there. So uh, we, we, we have enough to stand on uh, and to be articulate in, uh, in advancing. Okay. Um, do you have any other... I think we're going to be running out of our time. We're trying to do about half an hour podcast. So <laughs> um, do you have anything more you'd like to say before we start wrapping this one up? Be not afraid. Uh, I think that, you know, it's, 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 it's very difficult, you know, and I can tell you I, I'm working with people who are in Congress 
in our U.S. Congress, state congresses uh, who are advancing what we are talking about, the beauty of marriage, the wonder of marriage, and wanting to protect that, that sacred institution. They're fighting the fight, and they're standing their ground. They need our help. And so they're not afraid, and they need us not to be afraid, and they need us to support them in their effort you know, to advance what is true about marriage and, and to make sure that we, we don't enshrine into law what undermines marriage and actually undermines our society and undermines the common good. And so we, 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 we have much at stake here. So we, we, we can't be afraid. And we can't allow ourselves to be intimidated, Colleen. We have to be bold, patient, always respectful, but bold. And, and, and say, and, and literally, you know, this is not good. And it's not going to be good. And, it's, and even if we try to redefine it, doesn't change it in the sense of what marriage really is. And it's, uh, so we need to be uh, able to get out there and, and, and let others know, and especially our senators. Right now, the, the battle is in the Senate. And so that's why the House already has done this, unfortunately. So we need to take our argument to our senators. So please do so. So be not afraid. Okay. Thank you, Father. And also for our listeners, we're going to be doing a part to follow up to this on um, Title IX and how they're pushing the agenda through by changing Title IX. So keep an eye out for that coming up soon. And in the meantime, like, follow, subscribe. Thank you for listening. If you're on our audio, listening on our audio platforms, Share with your friends. If you're listening on YouTube or Rumble, please like, follow, and subscribe. And keep on living a culture of life. God bless. 